Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on May 9, 2018, focusing on the impact of recent tax reform legislation on deals and JV alliances. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, a PwC tax partner and our tax services leader, Mark Boyer, a PwC tax partner focusing on mergers and acquisitions, Karen Lonis, a PwC tax partner focusing on partnership issues, and Stephanie Hogue, a managing director in our corporate finance practice. This excerpt consists of a discussion among the panelists on the current state of joint ventures and alliances post-tax reform. Take a listen. Karen, why don't you bring me in? We've mentioned, we mentioned a couple times here on JVs and alliances and pointed to that as sort of a trend options that might come in place can, given some of the deal considerations. You want to spend a few minutes talking about that? Well, yeah, let me level set because it is a, a growing area and um, some companies have really only dabbled in it, if at all. So, you know, if you look out over the past just few weeks and, and look at a, a few of examples of, of what's going on out there. So you look at the Nestle Starbucks joint venture announced yesterday, $7 billion JV Alliance. So Nestle now can market and distribute Starbucks products globally. What that does for Starbucks is it allows it to focus on its priorities here at home with its storefronts, but it gives it that global presence it wants. And they're sharing profits go forward. You look at Goodyear, uh, Firestone, Bridgestone, I'm sorry, historic competitors announced their JVs to have a national, not global, but national distribution channel. Um, a couple other with Toyota Denso to develop the R&D around driverless driving cars, right? Um, Amazon, Berkshire, uh, Chase Bank. JV to provide less, uh, more efficient and less costly healthcare for their employees. And, and that's a fairly novel internal facing joint venture. And then finally, uh, the flexibility around joint ventures versus M&A acquisitions. Uh, I think earlier this week, Walmart announced the end of its joint venture with um, uh, uh, Uber. Uber was delivering uh, groceries and products and they just decided to end that. So. Flexibility um, is, is an important attribute of it when valuations are going up and we're having such an innovative cycle, right? So one of the things about uh, joint ventures and alliances, we, we have to admit that um, it is a, a very viable opportunity for inorganic growth, but historically, as you look at this slide, M&A really has dominated uh, growth opportunities. Uh, you see uh, the alliances and joint ventures going up uh, and down with these the cycles, but really has never hit uh, the majority play for corporates or private equities for that matter. But when you think about joint ventures and alliances, they do offer a lot of the same benefits. So they give you an expanded reach. You can uh, get into new products, new customer bases. You can get new resources. So technology being a key new resource that, that is uh, in play right now, new talent. Um, you know, both involve ca some capital expenditures, I would say, uh, the M&A acquisition space, obviously more. Both involve a lot of monitoring, both involve a lot of time from your executive oversight. So, so a lot of similarities. I think the, the biggest difference is control. And are corporate base getting comfortable with the loss of control if they're going to go into a JV or alliance? Um, it can be both a cultural and economic challenge. Yeah. I, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we, we were working on a JV not too long ago, and that was that was the issue where we effectively walked away. And it was an industry that hadn't really done JVs in the past. 
Um, but that culture control issue was kind of the, the featured other industries that are mature in this space, like the pharmas, and they have uh, alliance playbooks, both for their management side and for their finance side and even for their tax side. So they have become so comfortable with it as, a, as an uh, organic, inorganic way to grow that they, that's their, their mode operandi. Mm. That's great. Um, so, you know, how, how do we think about um, JVs and alliances? As, as this slide will show you, they grow um, in both size and popularity with the innovation cycle. So if you look back to the early 90s, we had the computer revolution, we went into dot-com, then we went a little bit flat where we had a cycle of cheaper debt, a lot of PE activity, a lot of just plain old acquisitions. So fewer alliances and joint ventures. Then we hit the, the recession and, um, we, we didn't see much much flow there at all. Uh, now, when we look in the last six or seven years, as we're recovering and going to this growth period, you see this pretty uh, intense increase in the use of alliances and joint ventures. I think what we're seeing today, as compared to in the past, though, uh, where these alliances and joint ventures were in industry or within a region, now we're seeing cross-industry alliances and joint ventures in global uh, joint ventures and alliances. So really changing the focus and expanding the reach uh, as compared to the past. So higher number, but just a, a different uh, span. And when we look at, when we compare strategic alliances and, and uh, joint ventures, you know, an alliance really means something short of equity ownership. So it can range from very, very high level sharing of ideas and uh, R&D to almost uh, complete sharing of profits on a combined um, capital base. Uh, but where we see these alliances more than joint ventures is where they're high in, in uh, technology. And so that would be pharma's uh, information technology and entertainment and media. Uh, they, there they don't need the big capex. They're not thinking as long term, uh, easier to get in and out of and really share at bottom technology for growth. I care from a tax perspective, you know, the, the sharing of profits, we, we sort of, you go through that definition of alliance versus right. a true joint venture. Tax isn't necessarily controlled by the, um, you know, the tax consequences is, is controlled by the substance of the arrangement, yeah. right? It's not what you put on the top of the sheet of the paper. So no, that, that's getting right. tax involved in these, these transactions is, is, in my view, kind of hugely important. Well, and, and, and this is where I can bring back the tax reform is changing. It's changing what's at stake. So historically, when you entered into alliance, uh, the risk of going too far in towards what might otherwise be treated as a, a partnership was really timing of R&D deductions and potentially withholding, but we always would have our foreign investor enter through a U.S. corporation. So those risks were very managed. Now, now we have a lot of other things to think about, interest limitations, the guilty, the beat, um, all sorts of things that really do uh, incentivize the government to think harder about whether alliances should be treated more akin to partnerships or not. So I think that's right. The uh, tax departments are going to have to remind their business folks and, and look at the terms and help them work through this contemporaneous. And I don't think it's as intuitive sometimes in an alliance situation yeah. that tax really needs to be a big part of that. So that's that's going to be an education process. Absolutely. Well, and, and it, the, another trend we're seeing is a very uh, proactive um, attempt to 
draw that line. So enter into alliance, get to know each other, invest a little bit of capital, see if it hits, if this looks good, and then we'll roll into an equity JV. And so you'll, you, when you see that all as part of one um, memorandum of understanding, it's interesting that the business guys are, are feeling the difference and, and then the tax people are getting brought in, maybe too late. So I yeah, think that that's, a that's a, right. yeah, an, an important uh, consideration. Uh, other type of the JV market versus Alliance is, is definitely more equity heavy, more CapEx. So that's where we see a lot of energy, a lot of automotive, and then our retails. So a difference, a different level of commitment, and obviously a different level of issues. Um, encouraging, uh, the, the, for those of us that are in this space, for the first time in a long time, uh, our CEOs are telling us that they expect to do more JV and alliances this year than M&A acquisitions. And I think a lot of what we've talked about um, supports that. Um, and where the, the types of alliances that we expect to see are fairly consistent with the past. Again, the difference now being we're going cross, cross um, industries and we're going globally rather than staying simply domestic. Do you see this coming up in the context of disruptive technology as well, where you know, big big corporation, let's say, wants to avoid, you know identifies potentially disruptive technology and 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 reaches out and 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 sort of tries to embrace them in the form of some sort of alliance. Versus... Absolutely, you're seeing the banks do that, yeah. trying to improve their their technology. Uh, the car manufacturers are looking for either driverless or. or um, geographic, uh, the, the GFS, so yep. it's, it's in almost every industry looking to improve the, the customer experience yep. and how can we do that. And there's pieces of technology and it's not just one type of technology, so that's where these alliances are three and four participants now, um, again, where they might have been one or two, two or three at most in the past. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it is a disruptor and, it, and it's a faster and less expensive and long, shorter commitment to yep. do that, to try it out, which is just... Um, in sync with what we think about technology. Uh, the, the other thing about these um, JVs and alliances are they can be the beginning of an acquisition or the beginning of a disposition. So again, seeing more and more of the uh, JVs going into place with definitive put call arrangements where there is a clear expectation that within two to three years, there will be one party buying out the other. Uh, and for, for many reasons, whether or not the, the seller's just not quite ready uh, to sell or doesn't need the, the cash now, maybe because they've just enjoyed the, the repat from all the tax savings. But for whatever reason, likes the annuity that that particular investment is holding, but with every expectation. And then the other market that continues to be hot is the upsea market. So we have these, these strategics coming together who still have the opportunity to take advantage of the capital markets by infusing a public company into that joint venture. Um, so again, everything's indicating again stronger and uh, wider use of these JVs and alliances. Mm -hmm. um, here, just to, to all the same points we've been talking about. Just to sum it up, don't think tax reform negatively or positively impacts this. We have enough business factors driving um, the use of these alliances. The need for change, the need for technology, and, and balancing risk is really what's fundamentally. Yeah, I was going to make the point. I mean, I, I think. JVs and alliances are something to consider in the deal context, yeah. but it, it doesn't. It feels like that that trend is being driven by something other than taxes. I that trend so. is being driven off of cultural issues, business issues, 
Um, you just pointed out technology as a component. All those different pieces factor into how people might partner together around things. But as, but as we've discussed, tax, tax is important to it's, you yeah. know analyze and understand in the context of those arrangements. Yeah. No question yeah, about right. it. There's just there's just different factors going yeah, on culturally drivers, around yeah, people being in a position to do business together in some areas. Yeah. And I, th I think as the markets continue to outperform, JVs and alliances make a lot of sense. As valuations are very high, yeah. this is a great way to toe into the market, see if it works, see if it's yeah. a good fit, like you said, culturally, yeah. um, and then continue down that path, Karen, that you laid out. Yep. Yep. We talked about in the corporate deal setting the need to sort of model and look at things and how complicated this is. We talked about tax being a really relevant consideration in uh, these strategic alliances and JVs. Are you seeing an active effort these days to model up the impact of these joint ventures, strategic alliances, and try and look at the different scenarios that are possible? Absolutely. Mostly in the joint venture space because there is that joint equity ownership. But the flexibility that these vehicles give corporations to, to do special allocations, different an alternative uh, preferred interest instead of debt, you know, navigating all the new international provisions and, and subjecting their foreign participants to U.S. tax down ways that they're not familiar with. It's, it's just critical um, as you're negotiating these deals because indemnities are made in these deals. So um, there's real, real money at stake. And broad, more broadly, when you're looking at the deal context, maybe looking at these types of scenarios as an option. As an alternative, oh, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where you're, you go back to that point that you raised, Mark, that model has to be four or five fold deep in order to really understand where the value is driven from. Right. And it can't just be looking at sort of, you know, the investment and the return, but the exit strategy yeah, as well. Absolutely. I mean, you and I both know, right, is that we, we often, these, these things happen, these JV alliances, and then we'll get the call saying, okay, they now want to exit. And that's where <laughs> mm -hmm. it gets, mm -hmm. you know, can get very challenging. Yeah. Right? Back to that control feature. Yep. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like further information about this topic, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode.